Visit RTI on the web at english.rti.org.tw. Welcome to Radio Taiwan International. I am Natalie So. Up this hour on Ear to the Ground, Andrew Ryan will bring you a fascinating sound from Taiwan. And Carlson Wong will bring you some beautiful Chinese classical music on jade bells and bamboo pipes. But first, join us for Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. It's Wednesday, December 4th, and in the studio we have Jake Chen. Hello. Paula Chow. Hello. And I am Natalie So. It's rainbow season in Taiwan, and we'll be telling you about a new uh, invention regarding that. Also, how many Taiwanese are proud of their country? We'll be telling you that today. And a new punishment for drunk drivers. Also, a new flavor has been added to school lunches. Those stories and more coming right up. Okay, so there has been a survey asking people in Taiwan how many of them are really proud of Taiwan. Tell us about this, Paul. Well, we have um, encouraging news because the survey found that um, nearly 75% said they are proud of Taiwan. Seventy-five percent. That's pretty high. That's pretty high. It's very high. Yeah, only thirteen percent said they are not proud of Taiwan at all, and twelve percent said, "Well, just a little bit." Just a little bit. Just a little bit is still proud. Still proud. Yes. (laughs) So, and the survey also found that the younger they are, the more they feel proud of you know this country. Hmm. And I think um, they did um, an interview with a um, student at National Taiwan University. Um, He said that the reason why young people are you know, they feel proud of Taiwan is because um, a lot of young people actually have taken part in social movements over the past few years. Really? So they think that they, if they do something, they are able to change society to make Taiwan a better place. That's true. Well, that's good that um, young people are getting involved. Yes. And when uh, when it comes to the question, you know, what, what are some of the things that people are most proud of, uh, guess what? It's medical care and also uh, and also uh, social well-being. Social well-being, right? Really, that's great. And well, what about our food? <laughs> oh, food—that's also one thing, right? But uh, you know, that was followed by you know ethnic harmony, humanitarian achievement, and seventy mm. percent uh, said they are very proud of Taiwan's rule of law. Of course, people think, well, our food, our transportation, um, you know, is really convenient. Those issues also uh, make them pretty happy. And the thing that they are least happy is our educational system. Really? Right. Only 30% that they are proud of Taiwan's education system. Really? Yes. Well, it seems like the things they are proud of um, are, are very valuable, right? Rule of law and a humane society. and Ethnic uh, harmony, right. medical care. Yes. These are all great things that sometimes we take for granted, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we live here and we may focus on the one thing that bothers us. But <laughs> actually, a lot of great things going on. How about you, Paul? Are you proud of Taiwan? Mm, sort You've lived of. here most of your life, right? Depending on what, you know, what aspect, what, what aspects, well, what categories. Okay. Yes. 
What about you? Uh, you're a foreigner here, though. Actually, are you yeah. proud of Taiwan? Um, I write news on a on a daily basis, so you know what I see is what doesn't work. You know, just by the nature of my job here. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I can't say that I am. You know, mm-hmm. there are a lot of issues going on, even behind all the the factors that that have a lot of people cheering. Right? Mm-hmm. You take house uh, insurance for uh, an example that system is near near bankrupt and I, I don't hope it is you know I hope it's it continues to function but there are a lot of issues that I think people need to focus on improving you know I think cheering up is definitely important but solving problems and potential issues that could have really catastrophic long-term effects you know like aging and we're heading to a super aging society so solving these issues ahead of time is really important as well I think yeah, a lot of issues facing a society, um, yeah. definitely in Taiwan. It's it's good to see that a lot of people are positive, though, because a lot of times we'll hear about um, people want to move to different countries, you know, to get better jobs and, and, and things like that. Yeah, and yeah, so it's it's good to see that a lot of young people actually uh, see the good in, in Taiwan and are happy about that. Oh, one thing I have to um, add is the thing that I feel most proud of Taiwan is um, how people... Um, they are extremely friendly and courteous to their fellow passengers on the bus because I, you know, I take the bus to work almost every, almost every day. And I see people, especially young people or middle-aged you know, workers, they give their seats to, to senior citizens or to um, pregnant women. You know, I see that almost every day. Wow, that's right. Really nice. Especially, yeah, priority seats. They're really uh, mindful about who's actually on there. Right. That's cool. That's really nice. I mean, they're doing it out of their own will, right? Mm-hmm. Because they yeah. want to. So, yeah, there are a lot of good things going for Taiwan. I know whenever I interview foreigners, almost everyone says what they love most is the people. Mm. And, of course, you know, Taiwanese are especially nice to foreigners. But um, I think that, you know, we are have a lot of kind people in Taiwan and courteous people. So that's a lot to be proud of. The sound of the Puyuma tribe on Radio Taiwan International. Okay, well, you know that Taiwan was the home to the longest rainbow recorded in the world. Um, it was recorded in the Guinness Book of World Records. It happened near Chinese Culture University for almost nine hours. Oh, the in longest In 2017. Lasting. Yeah, and it was the, recorded. The longest. Oh, no, not the longest. Of, yeah, in terms the, of physical shape. Yeah, okay. so it was the longest lasting, and it was recorded because it was on camera. That's pretty exciting. And, and the team there... Um, later, they received a lot of inquiries like, is there any way that we can watch rainbows? Can you find a way f- to tell us when the rainbows come? So they decided to begin forecasting rainbows, and they analyzed weather conditions for about over a year. And, and then they found that they have um, a system now to forecast rainbows, which is about 85% accurate. And it basically is a combination of winds that provide enough moisture 
accompanied by sunlight that um, is sufficient enough to keep the rainbow bright. So I had no idea how rainbows are made, actually. Do you guys know? No. <laughs> know. No, no neither do I. Yeah, so it's kind of cool. that. Um, and uh, right now we're in rainbow season. So the university is saying that one-third of the rainbows that take place in Taiwan fall between November and January. So this is a hot season. Actually, there's supposed to be a rainbow today, um, Wednesday, um, on top of the mountain over there. But if you do want to check out rainbows, um, we do have a system for that. So what do you guys think of that? That's an interesting fun fact. Nine hours. I didn't know. Like, is it artificial or is it like a natural? No, one? it was a rainbow. I, I didn't mean, know. Yeah. I mean, it, it could, last it, it could be. Yeah, it could be. There it could be other rainbows that last longer. But this was recorded on camera. So. Wow. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Somebody happened to have a camera rolling. Right, right to, over there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, That's cool. Yeah, anyway, so we got a lot of new technology going on, and uh, rainbow chasing is one of them. Okay, Jake, tell us about um, what some doctors are saying about some risk for heart disease. Uh, right. Uh, this is unfortunately a risk that a lot of uh, commuters, especially those who ride on scooters, have to face. Uh, we're talking about a group of uh, researchers led by Professor Li Zhongyi from the National Chenggong University. Um, they have been conducting researches between the year of 2005 and 2013, and, and there's some, a series of research that follows that as well. So their conclusion, that, which is published recently, is that those who are exposed to large quantity of dense exhaust fumes, which are mostly scooter riders in Taiwan because they spend uh, a lot of time in the open. In and, traffic, right? right? In the middle and, of traffic. And when they park, it is right next to you know other scooters and other cars, so they are uh, the most exposed. And their risk of not just um, having cardiovascular diseases, but having severe cardiovascular diseases that lead to early dementia, um, yeah. after exposure for five years, increased by 2.2 times. So, yeah, I guess really, really bad news uh, for those who who, um, who have to subject themselves to that situation, which is, I think, a, a significant portion of the commuters. You know, scooter is like a major thing here in Taiwan. It's so convenient, right? And it's pretty, yeah. a cheap way of getting around. And it's affordable. Yeah. Right. It's it's easier than sometimes taking a bus or metro because you can go t from door to door. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Um, In terms of uh, speed and affordability and parking, I think scooters it makes sense to be uh, the, the the top option because you know space here is so small and expensive. You know, it, not everyone can afford cars. So yeah, the the research team uh, led by Professor Lee have uh, I think called on the government in sort of speeding up their effort to reduce, because the government is, I think, already trying to put policies in place to reduce scooters and to phase out old ones and get people to adopt the, the electronic ones, the electric ones. So the research team asked them to sort of speed up the process if possible. Yeah, I think they have some subsidies for electric scooters, and they're trying to get people to change, right? Yeah. And, and get rid of this pollution. Definitely. Do you guys ride scooters? You guys don't ride scooters. No. I don't ride a scooter. <laughs> yeah, I said... It seems very dangerous. On the back of a scooter twice in my four years here in uh, Taipei City, and I don't think I'll ever sit in the back of one. Really? Again. It's just so scary, you know. You're out in the open, like you're very vulnerable. Yeah. Like if a car like turns the wrong way, or a bus, right? right. A lot of buses on the road. Which don't see you, you very you well. You feel like you're in trouble. Yeah, you're next to like your, your 
one feet away from metal sometimes it's not pleasant oh they're, they're like always swerving right near you when yeah. i when i'm driving they're like they're not afraid of cars yeah nor bicycles when i was riding i remember that <laughs> yeah, yeah so um that is a unique culture hopefully there'll be less and less pollution out there for our scooter drivers taiwan is a place full of voices viewpoints and stories hear them all here on radio taiwan international Taiwan, straight from the source. Okay, speaking of drivers, we're trying to um, crack down on drunk driving and um, prevent... Accidents. Tell us more about what the government's doing here. Right. To curb drunk driving, uh, one prison in Xinjiang County has a brilliant idea. On Tuesday, um, 45 uh, repeat offenders, drunk drivers, visited the, pr um, the prison there for, uh, um, for half a day in the morning. So, um, you know, one prison guard said, because a lot of people don't know what life is like when you are thrown into a jail. So it's better to have those, um, you know, repeat offenders to visit a prison to see what life is like. And then, um, so the 45 um, drunk drivers, repeat offenders, they went there. And then when they got there, they have to, you know, give their um, cell phones to the security guard. And then the, the prison um, guards will tell them what life is, uh, what the, their schedule is like and how much they will have to pay. I mean, if they get caught uh, drunk driving. And then they also visited, um, you know, um, prisoners, um, the living quarters. There is no um, privacy. Of course, their room is really small and it's the atmosphere is really depressing bleak. Yeah. yeah, it is oh. very depressing. Yeah, bet, so yeah. the youngest drunk driver is only 20 years old. Um, oh. Yeah, he, uh, Mr. Chen, and got caught drunk driving um, twice. Already? Yeah, within 20. less than a year. And he oh, was no. fined 7,000 US dollars. Mm -hmm. And he's st still paying the fine. So he said that, well, I mean, only half a day, he felt really, really bad, you know, um, staying in the prison. So he said that, you know, um, he decided to quit uh, drinking. Oh, good but, for him. Right. So it's actually an <laughs> educational <laughs> tour. And he said he hopes that he won't be thrown into jail for the rest of his life. Good for him. Well, yeah, a lot of young people don't, don't think about the consequences of right. their actions. Really? I agree. And, yeah. You know, the brains are not fully developed until 25. Mm. And especially that center of your brain where you think about the consequences of your action. As in long-term thinking? Yeah. Mm. So um, they should be sending all the young people to <laughs> You know, actually, like you joke about it. It actually is not a bad idea. I visited someone in a detention center back in Canada. And uh, like I wasn't, you know, put into behind bars like those people were as a, you know, experience. I was just, you know, seeing the person from the other side of the window. The atmosphere, even when I was sitting outside, is just depressing. Like, I don't want to be near that building afterwards. That's how depressing that oh, is. I know. So, yeah. Uh, like, everything is like solid concrete, you know, like cold uh, rock and, and, and metal everywhere you touch. So, it's it's an unpleasant place to be. I think about everyone's done something wrong, right? Has wronged society in some way, hurt people. Right. And they're paying their dues, and it's not... a pleasant place yeah it really isn't yeah so i, I think that the, the prison in xinju county is actually really um you know has a very moder moderate way of curbing drunk driving because i think in taipei i mean repeat offenders are required to visit um funeral 
parlors. Oh, right. That's, wow. That's another. Oh, I remember that. They they were asked to like uh, scrape up and clean all the right. the urns. I remember that. Yeah. Oh dear, that's another good way. We're getting creative here. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just come into contact with the real consequences that, that yes. happen, right? S- serious if you, consequences. If you really get in a fatal accident. So, well, that's very creative and a um, good way to uh, educate our drunk drivers. So our uh, Department of Education has come out with an international cuisine education program. So we're going to be adding some new kinds of dishes to our school lunches. They're going to be from Southeast Asia. Oh, so I love the food over there. I mean, Thai food, Vietnamese food is also good. So they're going to be having uh, Vietnamese chicken curry, Thai basil chili pork, Burmese fried egg, Indonesian turmeric. Um, so they, they're planning to add uh, Southeast Asian dishes to lunch boxes at starting in New Taipei. So it's a pilot project in some schools, elementary schools in New Taipei, where there are a lot of new immigrants, and to help people uh, connect with their culture, be proud of their culture. Do you guys like Southeast Asian food? Yeah, I like Vietnamese food. Pretty good. There's yeah. a lot of restaurants around mm-hmm. here. Thai food is a little bit spicy, I think. Oh, really? I yeah. love Thai curry. That's one of my favorites. How about you, Jake? I'm, I'm having a blank look on my face, I bet. I'm, oh, you I'm don't eat to, too much of right, that? Right. Don't, I don't really branch out, um, you know, as far oh, as... What do you eat here in Taiwan? Um, my wife's cooking most of the time. <laughs> There's that. So it's like That's the best. 95%. Yeah, it, it really is. Chinese food, it's really healthy. Um, like I'm, you know, I I dabble in the street food uh, here uh, mm. in the street market once in a while, but they're like mostly local. Yeah, uh, those are good dishes. That's yeah. what we're famous for too. Yeah, definitely. So, um, like, yeah, sales, I I know what they are, but I haven't uh, have had a taste of those in in a while. I guess. Oh yeah. yeah, they're pretty good. So yeah. if you want a new flavor, give it a try. Check those out. Also, another thing our education ministry is doing, they're sending letters to universities nationwide to ask them to. Give out their final exams a week earlier. Most of them were planning to give them the week after elections. But they're saying, why don't you do it the week before elections so that people can be done with them and then go home to vote. So a lot of... um, Yeah, a lot of universities are moving their final exams a week earlier. That means that students get a longer winter break. One week extra. Oh, well, longer <laughs> that winter nice? break. I guess most students would say yes. Yeah, so that's pretty pretty nice. And they're also working with the Taiwan Railways Administration to give some exclusive services on January 10th, the eve of the election. Yeah, there is normally a, a huge congestion either on the day or the eve before. Right, uh, everyone's going back to their hometown where they need to vote. To vote, right? yes. So Taiwan is serious. They want to get everyone out to vote. They hope everyone can uh, make their choices. And even young people. So that's, that's pretty cool, right? They're getting young people involved yeah. in politics. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in to Here in Taiwan. And do stay tuned for Ear to the Ground and Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. For Here in Taiwan, I'm Natalie So. I'm Jake Chen. And then Paula Chow. Bye-bye.
During a recent trip to the Middle East, I found myself struggling to decide whether I should be taking pictures or recording the sounds. But as a radio person, the sounds of Israel and Jordan were just too good to pass up. I'm Andrew Ryan, and in today's Ear to the Ground, join me for a journey through the sounds of the Holy Land. An ear to the ground. One of the hardest things for me to wrap my brain around in Israel was the incredible mixture of different kinds of people. The guy sitting next to me on the plane was a 20-something surfer with dreadlocks who had just spent a month with his buddies in Thailand. Now, he was ethnically Syrian, an Arab, Jewish, which I found surprising, and living in an occupied territory in northern Israel. And in his Israeli passport, in the category of nationality, it said, undefined. Okay, now that's a confusing mixture of religion, ethnicity, and politics. But it's also a microcosm of the situation in Israel as a whole. Take, for example, the town of Nazareth. That's the childhood home of Jesus. Today it's known as the Arab capital of Israel and has a predominantly Muslim population. But it also has the biggest Christian church in the Middle East, the Basilica of the Annunciation. It's built over the site where the archangel Gabriel told Mary she was going to give birth to Jesus. So I'm standing there recording the bells of the Basilica when this car drives by and this this wonderful thing sort of starts to happen. We're treated to this fleeting mixture of Christian church bells and Arabic dance music. Now, without the dance music, those bells could be from just about any church in the world. When I went to the old walled city of Jerusalem, which is pretty much ground zero for three of the world's biggest faiths, I was struck again by how religion and ethnicity overlap. The Church of the Holy Sepulchre is the place where Christian pilgrims go to venerate the site where Jesus was crucified, buried, and resurrected into heaven. There, the major Christian religions each have their own spaces and times where they can practice their faith. Now, while I was there, the crowds were herded off to one side so that the Franciscans could walk around the tomb in procession. Now, I'd always thought that the Christians were immune from the violence in the Middle East, sort of a kind of neutral territory in the middle somewhere. So naturally, I was shocked to find out that it's not uncommon for fistfights to break out between the different Christian religions, which are the custodians over the Church of the Holy Sepulchre. Apparently, they can't even agree where to put a fire exit, so there isn't one. Outside the church, the call to prayer, or Adan, can be heard ringing out from mosques all over Jerusalem, urging the faithful to bow down in the direction of Mecca. That's something you can hear five times a day, pretty much everywhere in the Middle East. The Dome of the Rock marks the spot where the Prophet Muhammad ascended into heaven, where he prayed with Abraham, Moses, and Jesus, And upon his return, he urged people to convert to Islam. That same site used to be where the Jewish temple sat and where the Jews believe that the temple will be rebuilt when the Messiah comes. 
All that remains is the western wall. That's a retaining wall of the mounts, not of the temple. People travel to the wall from all over the world to slip prayers into the cracks between the stones. As I was waiting to enter the grounds, I could hear the sound of approaching drums. A Jewish family was bringing their young son to the western wall for his bar mitzvah. At one point, someone gave his grandmother a long, dark blue robe adorned with gold, and she and her grandson smiled and danced together to the beat of the drums. After four days in Jerusalem, I kind of got used to the ways in which the religions overlap, but I have a feeling that the prayer I slipped into the Western Wall is not the only one asking for peace in the Middle East. And of course, I don't mean a silent peace. I mean one filled with all the wonderful sounds like those I recorded on vacation. With an ear to the ground, I'm Andrew Ryan. Explore the beauty of Chinese and Taiwanese traditional music on jade bells and bamboo pipes. Hello and welcome to this week's Jade Bells and Bamboo Pipes. I'm Carlson Wong and today's show will be playing for you Taiwan Jazz Music Philharmonic Orchestra with the performer Wang Ming Yu. And according to the producer of this album, Ou Zhong Yang, he said that Wang Ming Yu is one of the few musicians he has ever met who sincerely embraces the Erhu with his life. And to start off our program today, let's sit back, relax, and listen to Horse Race. Was Race, Erhu, Gaohu, and Zhonghu performed by Wang Ming Yu. And that piece describes the festive moment of traditional Mongolian horse races. The music is joyful and passionate, expressing the straightforward personality of the people who are natured by the mother nature. Coming up, we'll play for you a Taiwanese folk tune. Actually, it's a classic that you might be familiar with. This is Recalling the Past. Recalling the past 
is a tune by the amateur musician Chen Da, who is famous for the deep love toward his hometown. The tune is unadorned and sincere, and in this arranged version, the arranger adopts a regular pattern of notes to depict the train proceeding. And in the end of the music, the improvised solo of Da Guan Xuan is a recall of the past from the deepest of the heart. Da Guan Xuan is a two-string vertical fiddle used primarily in Minnan regions and by the Hakka in Taiwan and Fujian province. And this piece reflects a tune from the southern tip of Taiwan, Hangchun.
This is Radio Taiwan International. 今天你有聽到的是《Jade Wang Mingyu graduated from Chinese Culture University Department here in Taiwan in Chinese music. And in 1995, Wang Mingyu received master's degree. When studying in the graduate school, he also received the training of conducting from Professor Graveson Mark Abam. Wang was invited to perform with Strauss Festival Orchestra Vienna and had the first ever The Butterfly Lovers Erhu and Violin Duer Concerto version recorded.
Moonlight composed by Liu Tianhua. The original piece is one of the ten famous works by the acclaimed Erhu composer Liu Tianhua in the first half of the 20th century. The music depicts a beautiful summer night with a bright moon, the clear breeze, and the starry sky. Liu Tianhua was born in Wuxi, China in 1895 and passed away in 1932, and he specialized in instruments such as the Erhu and the Pipa. And next, we'll listen to a tune from northeastern China. This is Flowing Water, transcribed by Huang Haihuai. The tune is originally played by a Chinese folk flute after being transcribed by the composer and Erhu player Huang Haihuai to an Erhu version. The tune became a piece which can truly catch the essence of Erhu to touch your heart. Hopefully you have enjoyed listening to the most beautiful sound in Taiwan by Taiwan Just Music Philharmonic Orchestra with the performer Wang Mingyu. Thank you for listening. For comments and suggestions, please write to PO Box One Two Three Dash One Nine Nine Taipei Taiwan, and our email address is rti at rti dot org dot tw. 
RTI again is short for Radio Taiwan International, and I do look forward to your comments and suggestions. Any letters are welcome, and do write to me. I'm Carlson Nguyen once again. Thank you for listening. I'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kilohertz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6180 kilohertz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's PO Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.